0: Praise God, praise God. So we're going to start a new uh, series this morning. Um, we're doing a lot of series this this year, um, and this is a series we're doing across again across family church congregations. We're all starting today, um, and a series on the will of God, on the will of God. It's a really interesting one um, to talk about. So we're doing this over three doing this over three Sundays, and just talking about different aspects of the will of God and what that looks like. It's something. Um, Dan touched on it a couple of weeks ago, because um, it came up kind of in the Pathways series that we did as well, about taking God's, God's path, and Dan gave a great message a couple of Sundays ago about the specific, about, about the will of God and decisions he's made in, in his own life. We just kind of just want to unpack that m- more, about what the will of God is, how do we understand what the will of God is, how do we choose the will of God, so I think it's going to be a great series. And it's going to be really interesting and bring up some great, bring up some great stuff, It'll be thought-provoking and, and, yeah, it's going to be good. You know, so a key part, as I said, this follows on from the series on pathways, and a key part of walking the right pathway is to walk in the will of God. That's what God's desire for us, amen, is to walk in his will, amen. You know, God has given us free will, and that's an amazing gift that, that God, has given, uh, God has given humankind it's free will. We are free to do. We are free to do whatever we want. Now there may be consequences to that. It could be eternal consequences. That, that's all true. But we are free to do what we want. I mean, God did not create robots. He didn't. He does. God does not want people to worship Him because they have to. But he wants people to worship Him because they choose to, um, and it to come out of relationship. Amen. But a key part of walking the right, a key part of walking the right pathways is to walk in the will of God. So let's start exploring this more. And what we're going to look at is particularly this week. Is is knowing the will of God? What is the will of God? What does that even What does that even mean? How do we know what the will of God is? Okay, knowing the will of God, awesome. So Matthew six verse ten, you know, in in what we often term the Lord's Prayer, that isn't what Jesus called it, but it's often how we refer refer to it. Jesus was just teaching his disciples and us uh, how we should pray. And Jesus makes that great statement as part of that prayer. He said, we should pray that your kingdom come, pray to the Father, and we should pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus was very clear that we should pray that his will is done. Amen? And I believe that also that starts in us. We should pray for for God's will to be done in us as it is in heaven. I'm sure you'd agree that in in heaven, God's will happens, right? God's perfect will, his perfect plan, it happens. There's no, there's no debate about it. That's, that's what happens. And so what, what Jesus was saying, is we, that's what we should pray for ourselves. And pray for, this, pray for this planet and all that's going on around our world. We should pray that God's will will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. So before we can walk in God's will, we must know what the will of God is. Right? That's yeah. how we going to be able to walk in it. It's a, it's a difficult task. So here's just kind of some things to look at. How do we know what God's will is for our lives or for something we are, we are facing, you know, maybe you're in some circumstances right now, maybe you've got some decisions to make, how do you know what the will of God is? How do you, how do you even find that out? And we'll talk more about that specifically kind of uh, next week. But before we start looking at kind of hearing God's will, either in prayer or, or, or other means, we need to understand uh, and start with God's what we call God's revealed will. Will? Wheel? Wheel? <laughs> it's wheels. It's wheels. God's revealed will. Even we need to start with God's reve- revealed. I still can't say it. revealed will. I might have to avoid that term. Revealed will. It's really hard to say. It's just, anyway, it's revealed will that keeps coming. Anyway, we need to start with God's revealed will for our lives, right? So before we before we start looking at kind of real specifics, I said we'll come on to kind of next week on and the following week about how we God's, hear God's will specific, for specific situations in, you know, in prayer or from you know, talking to leaders or whatever that it, it may be. You know, or God just speaking to you clearly about something. Let me start with God's revealed will. Ah, is said it? Finally. <laughs> there, are, there are things that are his will for you personally that may not current, be currently known. Okay? That's, that's, that's reality, isn't it? Sometimes if we, if we knew God's specific will for every area of our life and what that was going to look like in five years, ten years, and twenty years, that might can't completely freak us out and be like well i don't think, I don't think that's going to happen you know what i mean so so god does not necessarily reveal everything your entire his entire plan for your life uh, all at all at once the important thing is to know what the next step is amen but like i said we'll come on to that in in, in future weeks but the important thing at this stage what we're looking at today is to make sure we know what his revealed will is what is, what does that actually what does it actually mean so what is God's revealed will? What does that even mean? So God has already made his will, or what he wills to happen, known for so many things by revealing them in the Bible. In the Bible we see God's revealed will. We see what God thinks about situations, what his heart is for situations, what his heart is for, for, for mankind. So before we go on the hunt for the, this kind of the specific will of God for our lives, we need to understand this revealed will of God. Now the Bible is is God's last will and testament. We literally divide it up, don't we? It's divided up into the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, and and the Old Testament is all about you know God's relationship with Israel and all pointing to the need for a Messiah. And of course, that is revealed in what we call the New Testament, or it could be a New Covenant, or it could mean New Will. You know, people talk about then the last will and testament, which is when people leave a will for what they want to happen with their you know, kind of assets. You know, once they once they pass away, it's, it's their last will and testament. This is what they this is what they're laying down, this is, and you have to do what the will says. You can't you can't change it. You know, it could be, if someone tried to change it, it would be contested in in law, and, and you know the courts would get involved. It's a, it's a legal document that's that's legally enforceable. Someone's will and testament, and, and God has a, a will and testament, amen, as revealed in His in His Word. His desire of what of how things should be done. And, and what should be done? And, it, and he's written that down in his words to reveal it to us what his will is in, in different situations. Amen. So, kind of, here's a key verse. It's one of my favourite verses. If you know me, you will know this. Um, but it's Romans twelve, verse one and two. So it says, "Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a la- living, not loving, but really loving, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God." This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, and sometimes we stop at that point, and it's still great up to that point, but we need to finish that verse. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, it's, so what's involved in this is our mind being transformed, our thinking being transformed. This world has a pattern, doesn't it? This world has a way of doing things, not everything's bad, but there's a lot of things in this world that are totally off kilter, aren't they? And they're very, very different to how the kingdom of God works. And that was true 2,000 years ago. You know, when Jesus spoke his, his great sermon on the mount and all Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God, it was very countercultural. People were totally shocked by what he said. It was, it was stuff they'd never heard before. They'd never heard stuff being taught with so much authority that people just didn't get it. And a lot of the religious leaders were just very jealous of that, weren't they? Which is why they wanted Jesus dead. And they thought he was a blasphemer by claiming to be divine and to be God. But what Jesus was teaching then was countercultural, and 2,000 years later, it's still incredibly countercultural. The world has a way of doing things, the world has a way of seeing things, but the way the kingdom of God works is very, very different on a lot of different aspects to the way the world does stuff or the way the world perceives stuff. So that's just reality. So, just things to pick out of this verse. So, for us living in, in, the, in the will of God and understanding his revealed will. It starts by seeing our lives as living sacrifices to him. That's what Paul unpacks here in his letter to Rome, the church in Rome. In view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So It starts by seeing our lives as, as sacrifices before God, to, to lay down our lives before God. Now the reality is we've been bored at a price, that's sort of Scripture, what Scripture says. Amen? You know, God is not being unreasonable when he asks us to, to lay down our lives before him, because he's He's given everything to buy our lives back. Amen? That's, for, that's reality. So we need to start by seeing our lives as living sacrifices to him. We need to purpose in our hearts to, to to live counterculturally to the world around us and society around us. Now, there could be other wills for our lives. There could be other... Th- there could be people in our world, there could be the way society says we should do things, there could be the way media says we should do things, or social media in this day and age that says, well, this is what you should do. This is, this is how you should live your life. This is, it's so prevalent, isn't it, these days? But everyone's got an opinion on, on, on everything these days. I think they said just this Facebook alone has got, what, five billion users? I mean, the numbers are just, are just insane. So you've got five billion different opinions on stuff. You know, and everyone's, everyone's got an opinion on everything, and people are entitled to an opinion, I guess, but the reality is they, they don't necessarily line up with the kingdom of God. Amen? So, what, what is God's will? So, as we, as we see our lives as a living sacrifice before Him, to understand we've been bought at a price, we purpose to live lives that don't, don't conform to the way that the world is, uh, to be countercultural, to, to go against the flow, however you kind of want to term it. And as we do that, it allows us to, to see and to understand his will for our lives. Because we allow him to also change our, change our thinking. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of our, of our minds. Amen? So this is what we find in his, his revealed will that's in, in the Bible, in his word. And the first aspect we're going to look at is what's often called the prescriptive will of God. The prescriptive will will of god okay and these are things that are revealed in god's word where god clearly requires us to do them if you if you're going to be a believer if you're going to be a christian these are things that you should do for example and there could be lots of different examples i haven't got all the scriptures on the screen but there could be tons of examples we could use you know, matthew 19 19 says honor your father and your mother well there's there's something there's a the will of god all the kids are out, aren't they? All the kids are in. Yeah. <laughs> kids' treasure recognition, maybe they need to hear that. But it doesn't matter what age we are, you know, to, to honor a father and a mother. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, and, and Jesus quotes this um, as well You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might, all your strength. This is, a, this is the will of God, as revealed in his word. Amen? And it's very, very clear. This is what God desires for us to do as believers, to love the to love Lord our God with, with all that we are a heart, a soul, our mind, and a strength. You know, and there could be so many different things that we could talk about that, that God requires of us in his word. You know, they're very, very straightforward. God is saying, I expect this of you. You know, God is and, and as I said earlier, God is not being unreasonable when he says that. Right? God, God is not being a killjoy, he's not out to ruin your life, okay? He's out to bless your life and to and to and to flood his goodness upon you as we talked about earlier. But the reality is there are things that God expects us of us. And we shouldn't be shocked by that. And God is not being unreasonable when, when he says that. Amen? Yeah. So it's a prescriptive will of God. Honor your father and mother. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And, and, and you should pray and you should, you should tithe, as we talked about earlier. And all these things that, that are the will of God for your life. Amen? Now, the second aspect of that, which is the opposite, could be called the, it's often called the prohibitive will of God. And it's basically the opposite of that what's revealed in his word. Well, there's things that you definitely shouldn't do. Do you know to that is this one? Indeed. The prohibitive will of God. You know, we know there are things in his word that he clearly prohibits and clearly says aren't right. You know, and there could be, again, could be loads of that. Exodus 20, verse 7, you should not take the Lord of your God in vain. The Ten Commandments. Or others in the Ten Commandments, you should, in Exodus 20, on following verses, you should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should, you should not steal. These are all, and, and the reality is, these have been the basis you know, of our laws across the Western, Western nations for, for centuries. It's kind of all denied that reality now by, by society, by governments. But that's the reality, these are the very basis um, of many, many of our laws, aren't they? You should not murder, you should not commit adultery, you should not you know, you know, steal. You, know, you still can't marry more than one person. Adultery is not illegal, but marrying one pe- more than one person is. You know, stealing <laughs> is not allowed. You know, you ca- you can't kill people. That's that's not okay. It's the most you know, severe sentencing is for those who, who who murder people. It's a you know mandatory 40 years. I think it is in, in Britain, um, depending on the circumstances. But round about that, what they call what they call life life sentence. You know, So the whole basis of, of Western society has been based on what, what the Bible says, his revealed will, and what the prohibitive will of God is. And that's, and that's been a good thing that it's been the basis of that. But again, this is a really straightforward. God is just saying, as, as a believer, I forbid you to do these things, don't do them. It's very clear, isn't it? Only parenting was a disease, isn't it? <laughs> If you could just say, "This is my this is the prescriptive will of your parents." That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> these, these are the things that you should do; just do them. And this is the prohibitive will of you, you of us as your parents. These are all the things you shouldn't do; don't do them. It'd be great if it was as easy as that, wouldn't it? Anyway, there you go. But if you know, if we get frustrated as natural parents, how must how must God feel sometimes about the fact we just don't get these very very simple principles? Just, what does the Word of God say that we should do? Well, we'll just do it. What does the Word of God say we shouldn't do? We'll just don't do them. <laughs> it's, it's, quite, it's quite easy isn't it right in reality but sometimes people get tie themselves up in knots but it's because they don't don't follow these simple principles they don't put it into action as, as jesus said you know don't just be to just be hear of the word be a do be a doer of the word it's great it's great hearing it it's great knowing what it says but that that's not enough you know the bible is not bible's not information it's revelation we always need to understand that principle because you can know all the information about the bible but it's still not a revelation um to your heart unless it's actually lived out So we find his revealed will in his word. The prescriptive will of God, the prohibitive will of God. And there's other things that that, are specifically mentioned as well. That we should understand what his will is. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 20, Paul writes this. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That's so true today, isn't it? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine. Great advice. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Paul here again some lays out some more things about the revealed will of God, understanding what the Lord's will is for our lives. Amen. You know, it talks about not being, not. Being overcome or living under the influence of other things. I talked specifically there about alcohol, but there could be a whole load of things in this this kind of day and age. Again, we'll try and influence us. You know, addictions, issues. calls us we have to get we have to get beyond that, because they're not God's will for our lives. Amen. Then we're encouraged to give thanks for continually, it says. Always give thanks to God for everything. So that's part of God's will. That's part of God's revealed will for your life is to give thanks for everything. Amen? That we be people who give thank, give, continually give thanks for what we have, not moan about what we don't have. You know, in this Western society we live in where everything's a rat race, everything's about wanting more. It's, a, it's based on you know, the whole premise of capitalism. And I don't like being anti-capitalist okay, in this message. Okay. But the whole premise of capitalism is about consumerism, isn't it? The whole premise of how capitalism works is people have to consume stuff. It's how money is made. It's how businesses function. If people don't consume anything, if there's no customers. There's going to be no businesses, right? Yeah. And whole, the whole principle of advertising, a multi-trillion-pound industry, or multi-billion—maybe not trillion—but certainly multi-billion-pound industry in this country. You know, advertising. Advertising works. Advertising adverts can be really annoying, can't they? you know, billboards or on tv and or on the internet and there's po- everything po- you know internet or the advert pops up every two minutes or on youtube or whatever but the reason they do it is because it works they're just spending money for the for the fun of it it, it works they make more money so it's worth them investing in advertising because it will make them more money on the other side right that's the whole premise of advertising and the whole premise of advertising is all about getting us as a society to consume more think oh i didn't know i needed that that's, that's how it works right if any of you've ever watched any of the, the TV shopping channels, they're, they're hilarious. I find I, no, I only watch them for, for hilarity, not, not to buy anything. Sometimes they're just so they're just so funny, aren't they? Because they literally could they could literally could you know they could sell you know ice to an Eskimo to use a phrase, can they? they? They they could they could just literally try and sell anything. It's just, it's just so funny, and then they'll talk about like, like I'm not saying I'm watching this for hours, but it's interesting. They could like, like, they could like spend an hour like trying to sell something. It's just like, this is just just crazy. Have you ever noticed the people producing, uh, the people kind of presenting, they always own the products. Have you ever noticed that? Like, oh, I've got one of these at home. It's like, you can't have, all, how big is your house? <laughs> Every product they ever sell, they, they have one of them. Okay, wow, amazing. But anyway, it's interesting. But the whole principle of that is all about wanting more and more and more, trying to get us to think, oh, I actually would want one of those. Now, this is, like I said, there's not anti, there's not a message, anti-owning stuff. Okay? God wants to bless us, and there's this, this stuff that we don't need in life. That's true. But let's be people to give thanks continually for what we have, not what we don't have, because the whole premise of, as I said, about capitalism and the way our Western society works, is to always be looking at what you don't have. That's the whole premise of it, and that's exactly what advertising is. This, is, look, this person over here, they've got this amazing car. You don't have it. And look how what an amazing life they're having, and if you you can have that same amazing life by buying that car, right? That's, that's what advertising is, right? That's reality. It people give thanks in everything. Amen. Knowing that ultimately God is our provider. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Let's live set apart, set apart lives. Amen. Praise God. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 to 5. Paul again talks more about God's will, God's revealed will. It's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans. They do not know God. Well, that's pretty clear, right? You now, the Bible is calling us to, is, is encouraging us to live out called out lives. You know, the, word, the word church, it comes from the Greek word ecclesia, and it just means, you sort of where words like ecclesiastical come from. But it literally means, us as a as church, ecclesia, it just means called out ones. That's what it means. We've we, called out, we are called out for a purpose. We're called to be different. Amen? So, there's kind of two things you could bring out of what Paul just said there. It's God's will that you be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans or like society who don't know God. We're called to live pure lives. Amen? Especially in the area of sexuality, because that's what Paul clearly highlights there. You know, we've talk, I've talked about this before from the front, and I'll say it again. You know, the world is very confused about this, aren't they? About sexuality, and even things that. We always thought were very clear in society, and not clear anymore. Everything's kind of just shifting all over the place. But this is a place where we can live different. Amen. We honor marriage. We we understand sex. We understand that God created sex. We're not embarrassed about that. We understand it's something God created, but but it should be within the confines of marriage, between a man between a man and a woman. Right? It's just very script. Is very clear on that. Right? So this where people live pure lives. You know, we define we define what's normal by what the Word of God says, not by what this not what our society says. No, it's just not this changing, immoral society that we live in, where everything's just constantly shifting, and is confused. Sometimes it is intentionally confused. And you know, and you know, pray for our young people. I've said this I've said this before. You know, we have got teenagers. Wendy works in the school. You know, the stuff that they're kind of constantly bombarded with, have um, different different agendas. You know, I thought it was difficult being a Christian you know, when, I, when I was a teenager. You know, but it's, it's on a whole other level yeah. these days. Because the stuff they have to kind of deal with and, and be countercultural against is, is is something else. So let's be defined, what we define normal by what the Word of God says. I mean, not by what society says. Let's be people who live pure lives. I understand God's view about sexuality. That could be a whole other message in itself. But we'll kind of move on. No, we're encouraged... By Paul 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 to 18, it says this. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So again, Paul's talking about his, his more of the revealed will of God. Here's what it is. We, we, should, we should rejoice. Amen? We should, we, we should be people who, when Christianity actually makes a difference, <laughs> a difference to our lives. You know, the Bible says that we should be full, full of joy. That's, that's, that's a reality. Amen? The joy of the Lord is is our strength. It's one of the fruit of a part of the fruit of the Spirit is love and, and joy. I'm not saying they're in order of importance, other than love is the most important, but the others aren't in order of importance. But joy is the second one that's listed. Love and joy and peace and patience, etc. We should be people who are full of joy. Amen. We should be people that, that pray continually, it says. Now obviously we can't, we can't all pray for 24 hours a day and we do need to sleep and, and work and do other things, okay? But I believe what this is talking about is, is having a prayer life rather than prayer just being a moment in our, in our lives. You know, for me personally, and you know, I probably could do better in that, as we probably all could, um, but to, just to pray throughout the day, praying for things that are going on, on, on in our world. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean, although this is a good thing to do, to be disciplined, you know, to say, well, I've got to set aside two hours every day um, to pray, and, that, and that's great if you do that, and that's awesome. Um, like I said, that's a good discipline to have. Although you made a bit fit two hours in. But you know, just, just talking about the principle of that. But also just to be praying continually as you go throughout your day. And praying, praying at lunchtime at work and, and, just, and committing, things, committing things to God. And praying praying for your kids and praying for your marriage. And, and praying for those in your world that you want to see saved. Amen? Just having a continual prayer life. Not, but without being religious. Does that make sense? Without getting religious about all this stuff. Because remember, God wants prayer to be relational. God is not not interested in religion. Jesus had a lot of stuff to say about religion, and it wasn't good. And Jesus had all the good stuff that Jesus had to say was about relationship. Amen? God wants us to communicate with him. As I've I've said before, I've used the marriage analogy before. You know, if if you're in a marriage or if you're not married, you can still understand the analogy, I'm sure. Or to think about it in a friendship basis or whatever. You know, if you've got two people who are in a friendship or two people who are married, you know, if they never ever spoke to each other, that would be an odd relationship. Everyone agree? That would be odd, wouldn't it? <laughs> this is a weird relationship with two, like, best friends, but they never speak, right? Or to, or, two, or a married couple, but they never ever talk to each other. That would be odd, right? But, and so we can understand it in a natural sense, but, you know, but that's true in our relationship with God. There should be communication going on, Right? It's really, really important. God wants to communicate with us. He wants us to communicate with him. He knows what's in our hearts. You know, when we're giving God, when we're praying, we're not giving God information, but he wants us to communicate with him and to bring our, bring our uh, requests before him. Amen. So let's be rejoicing in all, way, in all things, having a prayer, prayer life rather than just prayer just being a moment in, in our day or in our week. And then Paul says, Give, and we talked a little bit earlier about giving thanks, but here he expands on that, about giving thanks in all circumstances. By like giving thanks in all things. Now, just to be really clear, because there can be confusion about this, it, what Paul's talking about here is it says we give thanks in all things. It doesn't mean really say we have to give thanks for all things. Right. There might be stuff in your life right now that is pants, for <laughs> want of a better word. <laughs> I don't even know what word to use. It's just not great. Right? There might be stuff in your life right now that you really wish wasn't there, and it really isn't good, and it's not, it's not helpful. Okay, so it's not saying, well, God, I thank you because you know, I'm so ill. You know, well, but no, God doesn't want you to thank you, for that. <laughs> thank you for that, right? He hasn't made you ill, right? Okay, but in fact, giving thanks in all things, in all circumstances, to give thanks to God. Yeah. Amen? And even, if you, even if you've got nothing else to thank God God for, you can thank God for the cross, for your relationship with him, for, the, for his incredible love he pours out to you, that you've got the promise of eternal life with him. You've got plenty of things to give thanks for, right? Yeah. Even if your circumstances right now are not, are not great or as you wish them to be. Amen. You're still with me? Yeah. Fabulous. So I hope this is speaking into your heart. So we'll start to move towards the end. So a little bit, Just a few, thing, few more things to say about his revealed will. It's God's will that none should perish, Scripture says. Right? 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But it's long-suffering, or patient. There's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it is, it's God's will. Now, this isn't what happens, because, because people have free will, right? Yeah. People have got free will. They've got to make decisions. They can make whatever decisions they want to make. But God's, God's perfect will, his revealed will, would be that absolutely no one on this planet would perish, that every per, single person would have a relationship with him. That's what God's revealed will is. That, that is God's God's heart. Uh, that is where his love is at. Even if they treat God like dirt or if they never th- even think about God, his, his will for their life is that they, they would know him and have a relationship with him. Amen? They would come to repentance. Amen? Praise God. Just one other thing just to talk about in terms of his revealed will uh, is in terms of healing as well. Um, when Jesus was, was on the earth, you know, Jesus had an incredible healing ministry, right? See, over and over again, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Everybody who wanted healing, there's not a single example of, of someone who wanted healing, but Jesus didn't heal. There's, there's none. I've looked. There, there aren't any. So this, this reveals what God's heart is, his heart of compassion and healing. Let's look at the, uh, the account of one of the lepers in, recorded in Matthew 8. It says this, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched a man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Amen. So it's really, really important that we settle this, this thought in, in our mind about what God's, God's will is, that, that one that none should perish, and that should encourage us in, in soul winning. We talk a lot as a church about soul winning. That should encourage us to, to talk to others about God, because it's not his will that any should perish. Even if you can think of people in your life and you think, Man, how can, God, how can God love that person? You know, it, is your, it is God's will for that person that they should not perish. Yeah. Amen? Even like the worst people in our society who might be in prison for all sorts of things, it is God's will that they don't perish. Right? That's reality. Right? That's what scripture, what scripture says. Amen. Of course, there need to be repentance. Yes, absolutely. But it's God's will that they won't perish. Amen? So we need to understand that and it should encourage us to talk to others about God, and, and about healing. We need to understand what God's will is. You know, when, when we pray for healing, do we, are, we, are we settled in our mind about that? Amen? About whether it's God's will to heal or not. Now, I think it's important at this stage, because I don't think I'd be a good pastor if I didn't address this, um, it's important to, to talk about this stuff. Now, as we probably all know people in our lives, or certainly some of you will, where, where people have prayed for healing and it hasn't happened. They've, they've, basically, they've, they've gone to heaven and and so so sometimes that can create a question There's people in my own life, my own mother and you know there's people in, in the church that, we, that we've buried, and you know a couple of our a couple of our leaders or three of our leaders you know we've buried and have gone to, have gone to heaven you know so so we have to deal with that that reality of what's gone on here so kind of my pastoral answer to that is we we need to understand what the will of God is it's really important that that the will of God is based on what the what you know, our understanding of the will of God is based on what the Bible says. That we are, and this is true for all theology, actually. It's really important. Because otherwise we'll be all over the place with, with everything. It's really important that we understand is that our theology must be based on the word of God, not what did or didn't happen to somebody. Yeah. Because we literally will be all over the place otherwise. We'll be very confused. We, we, just, we just won't we don't know what God thinks about certain situations. So his revealed will is his revealed will. But sometimes there are things you just kind of have to leave with the mysteries of God just being let's just be real about this stuff well, it doesn't make sense we don't understand it um we don't understand why in god in his sovereignty and of course he is sovereign he doesn't have to justify anything he does do or he doesn't have to justify anything he doesn't do we all have to be all as christians we have to as christians we have to be okay with that and would be willing to submit to it as you said we have to be okay with that because god, god is sovereign he knows what he's doing and of course even when people go to heaven that's the ultimate healing anyway, right? We understand that. And that's not just a glib. or oh, that's, that's just a nice kind of like get out of the situation. No, that's the reality in heaven. There's no more pain. There's no more sickness. That's the reality. Amen? So there's, no, there's, no, there's no defeat in, in death. Does that make sense? For the Christian, you know, the Bible says, Paul writes about, you know, where death is your victory, where death is your sting. There's, there is no, there's no sting of death for a believer. Heaven, heaven, going to heaven or moving on to heaven is the ultimate victory and the ultimate glory. Amen? Praise God. Okay, but it is really important when we pray that we're not confused about this. If we're praying for God to to heal us, that we understand what his will is. You know, Jesus was very clear on that. Jesus healed people. Everybody who wanted healing, Jesus healed, he sent his disciples out to heal the sick, and his will on that hasn't hasn't changed. Amen. Praise God. So it's not his will that any should perish. Amen. It should fuel us. It should encourage us to be sharing, sharing the gospel with the lost, our friends and our family, to see ourselves as a soul winners. we've talked about as a church. Amen. And on this, on this earth is God's will to, to make people whole, to heal people, to restore people, to, to redeem people. Amen. To forgive people. That, that, is, that, is, God's, that is God's heart. Amen. Praise God. So kind of just to summarize kind of where we are today with this first part of this series. So our first step concerning walking in his will, understanding the will of God, is to know what he's already made clear in this, this, this amazing book, this amazing book of 66 books, to, to know what he's already made clear and to live true to that. What is God's will on a situation? You no, know, God will never ever contradict his word. You know, sometimes, you know, pastorally, we, we, myself and Wendy, we, we talk to people and, and, you know, they may be not judging anyone, but this might just be a reality. They're doing something that's very much contrary to what the Word of God says. And they're like, well, I don't know what the will of God, I, I don't know what God says about the situation. It's like, well, you absolutely do, because the Word of God says what his revealed will is, right? And that's why it's there to, to help us. Amen? To, to encourage us. Amen? To make us whole. And as we move on to future weeks we we'll talk about seeking God for his specific will for our lives and our unique situations that we find ourselves in. So next we're going to talk about walking in the will of God and we'll end in two weeks' time with choosing the will of God, what that looks like on a daily basis. I think it's going to really, really bless you and help you. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus Lord we thank you Lord for this incredible an incredible book yeah. and it's not just a, just a dry book Lord it's living, it's, it's breathing, it's sharper than any two edged sword Lord we thank you for that, that reality Lord Lord But this, this, this incredible book Lord the infallible word of God Lord that you've given us Lord it is a gift to us Lord and in it Lord your will is revealed Lord and I pray Lord we'll be people Lord who understand what your will is Lord, and we live that out for our lives. Lord, Lord things that we say that you, Lord, that we should do in obedience, Lord, we want, to, we want to do them in obedience. Things that you say, Lord, we shouldn't do, Lord, and are not part of the kingdom of God, Lord, we don't want to do those things. Lord, we want to be obedient, Lord, Lord, to you. And those other things we're encouraged to do as you're revealed, Lord, to give thanks in all circumstances, to rejoice and, and, and to pray, Lord, Lord, we want to do that too. Lord, have a great prayer life. Live a life of joy. Lord oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord God. Lord, to give thanks in, in all circumstances. Lord, we do thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, oh God. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for, Lord, for your, your will, Lord, Lord, for the, for the lost. Lord, that it's not your will that any should perish. Lord, I pray, Lord, we will carry that same heart, Lord, that your heart, Lord, will be our heart. Oh God. Lord, in this crazy and a messed up world. Lord, you, Lord, you still love, Lord, the human race. Lord, and you paid a monumental price so they could have a relationship with you. Lord, and just like you've done for us, Lord, you desire to do for them. And I pray we'll carry that same heart for the lost, Lord, that you have. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, too. Lord, it's your will to heal. Lord, we thank you, Lord, the great healing testimony. like that Dave's testimony, Lord, of what you've done, Lord. Lord, the miraculous stuff, Lord, that you have done. Lord, I just pray, Lord, for anyone who's dealing with sickness right now, Lord, that they would just know, Lord, your hand upon them. Lord God, and do Your supernatural healing, Lord, will just flow into their body right now in Jesus' name. You will do what only You can do, Lord. They'll become completely whole. For anyone struggling with mental health issues, Lord, issues in their thinking, I pray, Lord, for wholeness right now in Jesus' name. You've been right thinking into that situation, and into, into their Lord, into their way of thinking. In the mighty name of Jesus, to set them free. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. You are so good. Lord, we want to live out Your Your revealed will for our lives in obedience. To understand your heart for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray a second prayer. I'm just going to give, because it's important just to give people an opportunity to respond to the message, to respond to the gospel. And maybe you're not yet a Christian, but the good news is, in the word gospel, it literally means good news. The good news is this morning that you can know God this morning. You can have a relationship with with him. As we've talked about his revealed will and what the Bible says The Bible says that that, that God loves you, that he created you. He knit you together in in your mother's womb, even when you were just a fetus. God already knew you, already had a purpose and and a plan for your life. And he's given you free will, but he would love for you in your free will to come to him. Say, God, I need you. God, I want you in my life. I want to live for you. He wants you to understand the power of the cross and what that means for you. The price that Jesus paid for you so that he could buy you back so that he could restore your life and redeem your life. That is, your, that is his will. It's, his, it's your will, his will for your life. It won't perish, but you would have eternal life. And all you have to do is, is accept God into your life this morning, and you can know that reality for yourself. Let's all just pray this together. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love for me. Thank you that you came to earth to die for me, to pay the price of my sin to buy me back. I ask you now into my life. I ask you to forgive me, to restore me, to redeem me, and to make me new. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was all eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If you've prayed that prayer this morning, you've never ever prayed a prayer like that before and you're praying that for the first time, or maybe you're just getting things back on track with God, and this stuff about revealed will of God. It's just challenging you this morning. You just need to get back on track with God, and you've prayed that prayer to do that. Then I just encourage you just to put your hand up and just say, yeah, I've prayed that prayer. Well, no one else is looking, because we'd just love to chat with you and pray with you afterwards. Is there anyone this morning? Amen, amen. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Praise God. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're amazing. Lord, help us to live out, Lord, your revealed will, Lord, for our lives. It's such an amazing, amazing God. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.